Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. You know, I've really enjoyed studying this series on earthquakes, and I think this is part four. Is it part four or part five? <laughs> I knew you'd know. It's part five. <laughs> and uh, next week will be the last week. We're going to look at more of the end times. You know that when it comes to the end times, that uh, I always look at statistics and I break them down a little bit more when it comes to churches because I believe that statistics can always be overinflated. So it was 60, 65%. I'm going to say it's 50% when I give you this statistic. 50% of churches do not talk or preachers preach on the end times because they say it scares the church too much. I don't know what that means, but it's in the Bible. It's going to happen. If it's in the Bible, God calls us to read his word, believe it, and, and preach and teach it. And so uh, we're going to look at uh, the fifth part today on uh, a biblical earthquake. A biblical earthquake is always a warning. Let's pray. Father, we're just so grateful that, Lord, Lord, the way you've blessed, the attendance been up this summer, and Lord, you continue to bless through uh, the church family, decisions, tithes, and offerings. Lord, we're humbled uh, with all the little ones you have at City Church. We just pray for that covering of protection on our church family, Lord. These crazy times that we live in, that you will give us wisdom, you will protect us with your angels, and Father, we will give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, sometimes I think, you know, this is, this is like an outlet for me. This is kind of like I can vent sometimes when I'm up here. I thought, what am I going to do in like 10 or 15 years when I can't do this anymore, when I can't vent anymore? You know, it's getting to the place these church signs are really bothering me, okay? Now people are sending me them from when they're out of town. You know, Dallas, did you see this on this church? I saw one today. I'm driving here today and I see one. All right, let me see if I can get it right. Uh, faith without works is like a car without gas. Boy, that's really going to help me this week. I just, I just want you to know that, man, that just really, that so came within me. And, you know, I'm not making fun of any church or anything, but I'm saying this. Ernie and I were talking, Pastor Ernie and I were talking about this. If we as churches are willing to put less than what is God's word on the front of the marquee, how much are we preaching it inside the church to the church family? See, what I'm getting at you for you today and what we're going to look at, and I'll even bring them, kind of get before my message here. But th those kind of things, like nothing is more powerful than the Word of God in, in, in our life and with other people. And you can speak it so softly even to other people. That's how powerful it is. You can speak the Word of God so softly, just one verse, and it stays with that person. Never forget, I was speaking at a very, very large church in South Florida in, uh, I don't know, 8,000 in a weekend or whatever. I spoke at all three services, and, and I was working in another mega church at the time, and then I went over there. They needed a pastor to speak that weekend, so I spoke all three services, and the lady 
the invitation at one of the services, the service was over, and she actually waited, came up to me, and she goes, Dallas, I had to work this morning. I came, I got here right at time. Uh, uh, all I could hear was the invitation, and I, all I heard you say was the word trust when it comes to the Lord. And she goes, I so needed that. Just one word, trust. I want you to trust him today. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through. You know, when it comes to biblical earthquakes, you know that in, let me get this right, in the last year, within this last year, there have been in the world, think about this, never before, does, it's just getting more and more an increase, and we're going to read his word. In the last year, there have been 16 major earthquakes over 6.5, 40% in the last four months. 40% of those are in the last four months. And we just go around, look around, you know, we're, whatever's going on in our life, and we forget there's a re this is a sign. It is a biblical warning. If you ever lived in Florida, you go to Florida, and, and, and if you've traveled there on vacation, and they always say it's, it's a... Um, a hurricane watch or a hurricane warning. A watch is you're watching for it. A warning is it's been seen. Get ready. We are living in a time that you say to yourself, and we'll say it this week, something will happen this week that you will look at each other, family and friends, and say, hey, what is going on? That's where we're at in our society. And it's and I'm not a, a, a prophet of doom. I want to give hope. But as we get closer to the Lord coming back, as we get closer to the end times, we're going to see, I, I'm so hesitant this, but we're going to see all these things increase. But we always have hope. We as believers, uh, and what the Lord does for your family, for your kids, for your relationship, you always have hope. You are underneath his hedge of protection in this crazy time that we live in. As the earthquakes increase, well, what does Jesus say when his disciples ask him what would be some of the signs at the end of the age? We've read this every uh, service for the last five weeks. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24, and we're going to look at verse 7. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famine, pestilence, earthquakes, earthquakes in various places. Well, we've touched on that. I don't have to, to go back over that. What about, what about those pestilence? Have you ever heard of a doctor who was on television a lot uh, who was uh, well known for being on television. His name is Dr. Drew. He's in Los Angeles. He happens to live there, but he's also been on TV a lot. And he was talking about how concerned he is and no one's listening to him. The epidemic, and I went to graduate school there. I, I go, go there whenever I can. Uh, my son lives there out in Los Angeles. And uh, it is unbelievable. I can't even explain to you, unless if you would go there on the streets of Los Angeles or up in Hollywood, what you would see on the sidewalk. It would be if you're walking out in front of Target right up the street here. And from one side of Target on the sidewalk all the way to the other side, before you could walk in the door, there would be little puppet tents 
all the way across before you could walk through the door. That's what you see all over Los Angeles. And he was saying because of the, the I'm going to stay above board here, um, the, the uncleanliness, if I can use it that way, has caused so much of a pestilent epidemic. And because of the mites, the mice and the rats, that even the police officers who work in the downtown Los Angeles going in and out, there's still people living all up and down the street. They have to go over them, walk over them, walk in. It, it's so unbelievable that they have caught diseases walking in and out of the police station. That's how bad it is. This is one of the, the major pristine uh, if you will, states looked at to the world like everybody wants to live there. And we see what is happening. Pestilence, all kinds of diseases that are taking place. And I always have to go back and back and back and bring it back to this. Why are those people there? Think about this. Do you know that one day, years ago, one day, years and years ago, they were somebody's child. They were a little baby. Somewhere along the way, they gave up hope. That's where we are today. What, what is happening with what we're seeing? We're going to hopefully turn this to the hope here in just a minute. But I still want us to know, and I want you to know, as you live and you hear the things on the news and you see the things on the news, Jesus told his disciples, I'm going to give you another sign it will also be not only the earthquakes, the pestilence, but it will be as the days of Noah. And most of you know about Noah and how he built uh, the ark for 100 years. And no one listened to him as he preached and built the ark and said there is judgment coming. And how were the people living? Jesus said it would be like the days of Noah, the way the people live. This is how they're living. What are one of the signs? Well, we're right there today because all of you can relate because of what you've seen on the news the last two weeks, which I'm going to get at with this part in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. Again, the days of Noah. During the days of Noah, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Listen to the last part of this. And that every intent in other words, every calculated thought, every motive, thought of his heart was only evil. Notice what it says. Not only evil, but continually. We've all seen one of the greatest travesties in our world today that finally is being talked about that hasn't been for years is sex trafficking. It's horrible. And the Epstein case that we've seen the last couple weeks that had gone on for years, slapped on the wrist a few years ago and continued to do what he did. And all the extremely elite billionaires and powerful men involved in, in hurting in every way imaginable these young women all over the world. All their thought was evil continuing. Now, let's bring this together. It's not talked about in the news much. I want you to know why it happens. It happens because that, that sexual deviance that's going on, that's just not there. It's related to something. And we call it evil in this world, but it's also called a cult or belongs to Satan. 
That's where they actually deem as sick as it is their power. What happened in the Old Testament and, and, and the worship to all the gods in Moloch, they would actually throw their children into the fire because they feel that this would create more power and please the gods. Actually, some way, somehow, what do they relate with? This is how they relate this. In, in, the, in the book of Matthew, and I also believe in, in the Gospels, Jesus is being tempted by the devil in the wilderness. And the devil says, I'm going to give you everything. This is all you have to do. See, I am, meaning the devil says, I am the God of this world. You wonder why bad things happen to you? That's because the devil is the prince of darkness of this world. Now, God, through the power of Jesus Christ, oversees all of it. But what I'm saying is, when you, get, when you get hit like that temporarily, that's not of the Lord. The Lord doesn't want to hurt you, harm you, or tease you. You're getting whacked. When you get whacked, it's from the devil. When you're tempted, it's from the devil. The devil came to Jesus, tempted, or, or asked him three different times in different ways. I'll give you anything you want in this world. Why do you think, how can, listen, how can a rock star go from being unknown in one year and within five years be worth $70 million? That just doesn't happen on their talent. Some way, somehow, which we know, which if you've studied, that most of, I always want to be careful because there's always some that's open to, to many believers that live in Hollywood, many believers in the music industry, but most of it, of this world, of the music of this world, of the movies of this world, has a time before all of that comes out, if you've studied it, to where in those places that before they send the music out, before it goes out on the airways or streamed, is dedicated to Satan. Many of you maybe don't know that. It will prosper. Because the devil says, if you worship me, I'll give you anything in this world. You know the thing about the Epstein case to this day? They, multi, 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 if not billionaire, multi, multi, multi-millionaire. They still could not figure out how he made his money. They, they, can't, they can't figure it out. I would say whether it's blackmail or whether it's this or that, it had something to do with what he was involved with. Let's just look at it on face value. There was a time, I can guarantee you, that he dedicated himself to the devil. The devil says, I'll give you anything you want. You can have it. Look what he did. He destroyed thousands of people's lives and ended up taking his own life. That's the God of this world. God says, I, I have to destroy and had to destroy the world with water because it had become so wicked that every thought of people in that time was of evil from morning to night. Doesn't it seem that you feel like we're, we're, we're there? It's unbelievable. But, you know, we have hope. And that's what I give you today as we look at the last half of this message. 
But I want you to be careful because the Lord gives us a warning as believers today in Hosea. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Let me read it again. My people, God's people, us today, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I will also reject you from being the priest for me because you have forgotten the law of your God. I will also forget your children. That's pretty strong language. Let me read it to you in another version. It's the first part. My people are destroyed because they don't know me. Same verse, different version. Think about that. This is us. How are we destroyed? Because we don't know him. You know, there's so many places in God's word that says your, your problems will not be fixed today or tomorrow or the next day. But God will give you, he writes in his word, God will give you the strength to fight and to be more than conquerors. Through his word, see, there is something that you and I have that you know deep down, that's why you're here today. That's why you show all you're busy. We live in a really busy world with your families and your job situation. So many, both parents working, everything. It, Things are tight, whatever you have going. But you chose today out of your schedule to walk through those doors and say, I'm going to worship Jesus today. Why did that happen? Why did you choose to do that? Because we are believers in the one who we know gives us hope. Anything that we're going through in our life. That being said, why do we lose in some areas of our life? There's an insight there because we don't know him. How do we know him then? What do I try and drive home every week? It, 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 whether it's on your iPhone, whether it, it's on your car radio, or whether you pick this up at night or early in the morning with your devotions, it's just a few minutes right here. You're so crazy busy in everything that you have going on. God says you want to have peace and strength and to have joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Well, what does that mean? I, I don't understand. I, I get it, Dallas, but what does that mean? There's somewhere in the Lord that you gain strength, and because you gain strength, you have joy. This word is your strength. God is so amazing that every one of us in here is going to go through something different this week. You might be laid off. You might hear something about your health situation. You might have something going on with your kids that you don't know how, what the answer is. And Jesus says to trust me, first of all, all throughout his word, okay? All right, Lord, I can't see how this is going to happen. I mean, it's just blowing up all around me. But you want me to trust you? I, I'm having a hard time with this, but all right, all right, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And then he says his word is a lamp to our feet. It's at this huge spotlight which we can see down the road. It's a lamp says, I'm going to show you the next step to take. How does all this happen? And I can keep going on and on and on. Let me get back to what I wanted to say. 
all of you are so unique and mean so much to Jesus that there's something that you're going to go through this week and he's screaming out in your spirit, just know me. Just take a, a couple minutes, a few minutes every day and I am going to do something so amazing in your life that is this. Before you face, during what you face and after that you face, I'm going to direct you in, in this word that I'm going to show you in the word that if you just pick it up and take a few minutes every day, you're going to go through that and that verse that you read is exactly what you need. And you know what it is for the person next to you? It's a different verse. That's how so amazing the Lord is. You know, for the person who's watching on YouTube, it's a different verse. For all of us, the Lord has something that we're going to go through. And the Lord's saying, I want you to be more than a conqueror. I want you to have joy. I want you to get through this life and experience what it means to be a follower of me. The joy of the Lord is my strength, to have joy, to have peace. See, because the end of this is we're rapidly approaching the end. Today, you're here because you recalibrate because you know you have hope. That's why you came here. Let's look at one more verse and we're going to close. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. That's what we're doing today. You do it twofold. We'll talk about the second in a minute. As a manner of some is, you know, you ever, you know, when you get up, you come to church on Sunday, if you lived in your same house, apartment, condo, whatever you live in, and if you've lived there for a certain amount of time, you know, in your neighborhood, as you pull out or whatever it might be, you know, uh, really who, who's going to church, who is it? And, and you know what, it, you probably are unique that if you've lived there long enough, most of the people that you know or doing one or two things. I see this every, every, every Sunday morning. They're either sleeping in. Okay, all right. I, I guess there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, they're sleeping in. If they went to church Saturday night. Okay, anyways, I don't know that. But anyway, so. Okay, or here's what I see all the time. I, I'm early this Sunday morning. I always see this. They're out there. They're just out there working. They're, oh, it's Sunday morning. We're going to go for our Sunday walk. And man, this is going to change our life. Right? I see it every Sunday. You probably see it too. I don't know what it is about Sunday mornings. People walk more on Sunday mornings than any other day. It's like, oh, it's, it's the day that, you know, we got to get that walk in today. That's going to, this is how we're starting our week off. Boy, and then you go back and we go to breakfast and say, hey, we had a great walk this morning, didn't we? Yeah, okay. and there's nothing really wrong with that. But is that going to help them with the phone call this week, with what they hear. Is that walk? Is whatever it is you want to fill in or that greatest movie that you just saw or the television show because you missed your devotions that day and all the devil wants to do is just miss it that day and you'll miss it another day and another day and you're getting weak. You're going to lose. My people are destroyed because they don't know me. we destroyed because we can't figure things out because we're not listening to the one who already knows our future. That's who we need to be talking to. 
Don't forsake the assemblings of yourself together. It's the manner of some is today. So many people today. It's easy not to go to church today. A lot of people don't. Nobody asks you, hey, I was church yesterday. Work. Nobody goes. As the manner of some is. As the day approaches, as we get closer to the Lord coming back, we will be in so much turmoil in the world. You know what I blame a lot of the mass shootings on? I know I'll take some heat from this, but that's okay. You know, I blame a lot of the mass shootings that we see. And you know what? I couldn't believe what I saw and heard about the police officers that were shot in Philadelphia. And when that was being taken place this week, there were people actually yelling, laughing, and screaming at the police officers while they were being shot in Philadelphia this week. It's in the news. You can look it up. People are there to protect us and authority that were in a hail of gunfire trying to protect innocent people were being yelled at, laughed at, and scoffed. Kids going to school, you hate it when they get on a school bus. You don't know what's going to happen to them at school. <sighs> we are in the end times. So what can you do? First, let me say this. He, and who do I blame it on? Can I go back to the church marquees? Can I go back to what is being said? Churches the last 20 years. There's no conviction. There's no sin being talked about. There's no savior that we need. It's all about, and you know me, I want to do whatever I can to encourage you as believers because I know you get hit all through the week and you know the way I preach. But there is a heaven and there is a hell. And we need a savior. And people need to know in the midst of their sin, they can change through the one Jesus Christ. And for the last, I don't know how many years, that has been sucked out of the churches, sucked out of the pulpit, sucked out of the schools, and sucked out of any area of our society. And there's not, the God says, okay, you want to live any way you want to live, then my hand of protection is off. This is what we're living in. God's not doing this. God's not punishing us. This is just what the world and, and what evil of mankind can do. Those that have been kicked around, abused sexually, everything imaginably brought up, and they're so angry at the world, and they pick a gun up, and they go take a bunch of people out. They don't know that they can be forgiven. They don't know that they can have hope in life. And they don't hear it from the pulpits today. And they don't hear it from us. That's why we are experiencing what we're experiencing. It's my fault. It's other pastors' fault. We are not preaching what God says in his word. When we get back to letting people know, do you know that one of, one of those uh, men, who Saudis, who, who flew one of the planes into the World Trade Center back in 2001. You know that one of them was actually taking, just to be undercover, was taking classes in a Bible school to be undercover. In a Bible school down south was enrolled and taking classes. Where was the professors? Where were the the people that he was going to school, where was the love that he would have seen that was so different? 
that's what we're about. Don't forsake the assemblings of ourselves together so much more as we see the day approaching. Here's what we have, and I'll close. Looking, living, looking for the blessed hope and appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, as much as I fight the battle, much as you fight the battle, and, and, and much, you know, you say, oh, I just want the Lord to come. Oh, man, it would be great. You know, the Lord came back tonight, and it would be just wonderful. Yeah, it would be great. It would be amazing. But a thousand years and eternity is like a day. And a day is a thousand years. Your loved one is in heaven, many of you today, and you hurt because they're not here with you. Do you know within a second, within a vapor, you will be with them? And for a thousand, and for 10,000, and for 20,000 years, you will never, ever say goodbye, ever, ever, ever again. We're still here for a reason. We're here that God says, I'm going to equip you in this battle, no matter what's raging around you, no matter how the devil comes at you. I have given you and equipped you through my word that you know me and that I'm with you and I will equip you in everything that you may spend time with me that you know me. Moses was so distraught with the children of Israel because the Bible says Moses knew God but only the children of Israel knew his works. All they wanted him was to just perform miracles. They didn't want to know him. Moses knew God. Jesus wants you to know him. And as you get to know him and he calms you for whatever your little ones are going to face or whatever your grandkids or children are going to face, and you say, Lord, I, I, I'm so scared this school year and what they're going to face and what they're going to, Lord, Jesus, they're in your hands. I can't be there. Only you can be there. Watch over them. It's a calming effect. There's people that you work with, you'll never know what they're going through, but man, they see the light of Jesus off your life. Always be ready to give an answer for the hope that's in you. We have hope today. I want you to know when you leave here today, no matter what you're facing, I want you to pull back whatever the devil's tried to do to knock you around and make you feel insecure, to make you feel like you're not like everybody on Facebook and everything's perfect and all the things are going on. I want you to know that Jesus has an unbelievable plan for your life. No matter how the devil kicks you around and you have hope. And that hope that we have comes through the one Jesus Christ who on that cross of Calvary, who forgave us for all of our sins. Bible tells us, I believe, in 1 Peter, 1 John. Jesus was manifest. In other words, he came upon the scene to destroy the works of the devil. Destroy anything that you face in this life. Jesus will obliterate in front of you. And you will walk through it. You will have peace and you will have joy. In one of our theme verses at City Church, you all know in Romans 5. <sighs> through the one Jesus Christ shed his blood, through his grace, we will reign in life through the one. His name is Jesus. Let's pray. 
Fathers, we live in this crazy world that we live in. Or these, so many here today have little ones getting ready to start back to school. Lord, give them wisdom, give them peace that you're in control. Father, if there's someone in here today that they're out of control, whether it's on YouTube or they're here, whatever, and they just feel like it's all over, Lord, let them know, Jesus, that through you, that you will come into their life and give them purpose, give them peace, and, Lord, anything they face, we, we will win. We know, Lord, as Zerny and I prayed, Lord, again before the service, that there are many families here today that have hurts and heartaches. But, Jesus, they are more than conquerors through you. Remind them today just to get to know you. And the quietness tonight, earliness of the morning tomorrow, that we will know you in a way your word will speak to us. And you will prepare the way for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, next week, next month. And Lord, you will always give us your peace. One day, one day you're coming back. Father, we look forward to that day. But in the meantime, as we do every week, Lord, if there's someone here who doesn't know you as their Savior, someone Jesus on YouTube, whatever they may be, Lord, may they know that you died for them. You shed your blood. You are God's son, Jesus, and that they all they have to do is say, Jesus, forgive me, a sinner. I believe who you are. You died on a cross for all of my sins, and you shed your perfect blood for me. And I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins. Father, I know many, many people have prayed that prayer here today, and that's why they're here today, because they know they have hope. But I know that there's some here. I know there's some again on YouTube. Lord, Lord, may they accept you this day. If there's someone here that doesn't know you today, may they come forward. I can pray with them and show them the way to you, and they can have hope. They can have joy in this life. And I always know, before we know it, we will be in heaven forever with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You know, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior, and you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his son to die on the cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope 
from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son and you came and lived a perfect life and you died on the cross and you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Contact us through our website, City Church AC. Or you can get at our church app through any of the um, streaming services. And we want you to know that we'll contact you. And from this day forward, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope knowing that Jesus is your Savior and he'll come through in your life. Thank you for being with us today.